eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. Week 13 is all but in the books and you are joined by me, your host David. We've also got in the room Rob and Adil. Rob, how are you doing? What is happening, folks? Yeah, um, a good week for me. Went 9-2 and two this week, fantasy teams, a fantastic week. So uh, and I've made all of the playoffs that I was sort of on the edge of I was like a six and six or a seven and five I've smashed it this week and uh yeah I mean I'm all like I think eight out of 11 playoffs which is which is a personal best for me decent I'm glad uh, I'm glad one of us has had a, a decent fantasy weekend because I don't know what's happened this weekend the most important weekend of the year and um I've uh, tanked it for some reason so um no idea what's happened but um onwards and upwards for those that have made the playoffs in and adult how are you doing I'm very good, and uh, I'm one of those hoping for a Tuesday night miracle. Mm. Yeah, and it's something we've become accustomed to in, the, in recent weeks is uh, game weeks extending, and it just throws everything out of kilt a little bit. And yeah, Tuesday night miracles are now the, the new the new Monday night miracles. Obviously, we had the, the double header last night on Monday, but we've, we've got Tuesday night football tonight between the, the Ravens and the Cowboys. And in my main league, I need Tucker and the Ravens defence to combine for no points uh, in order to uh, keep my playoff <laughs> chances alive. So um, yeah, really, really not looking forward to that one. So without further ado, let's get into week 13 because there was some tasty things here. It was um, an action-packed weekend, plenty to cover off. So we'll talk about the injuries. And surprisingly, injuries were the uh, the least of the concerns, really, for, for the majority mm. of the games. There was a, a few concussions about, uh, a couple of ankles. So Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks were the, the most notable, notable guys for me that, that suffered concussions. And Brandon Cooks particularly is that, is that kind of player that you hear he's been evaluated for a concussion. And you start to yep. think this could be career ending for Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. at this point because um, the guys obviously suffered previously in the past. And just with the way that things are going there in, in Houston with the, the wide receivers at the moment, it wouldn't have been a surprise to, to learn that Brandon Cooks was to miss time of the concussion. But thankfully, both him and Lockett did return to the field. Uh, Frank Gore was someone else that that suffered a concussion early on in the game. Uh, I'll get to more about that a little bit later because that did have some, some fantasy impact there. Uh, for the Packers, both Sternberger and Equinemia St. Brown both suffered concussions. Uh, so it seemed to be the, the theme of the week. And Tyler Irvin and Joshua Kelly for the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Chargers both left the game early with ankles. So it seemed that there were more players leave this week through ejection rather than injury. So obviously I refer to the, the Bengals and Dolphins game where what on earth happened in that one. So in the second quarter, we had the, the altercation between Tyler Boyd, he was pushed out of bounds late and um, Xavier Howard and Tyler Boyd were both ejected for that 
off the field altercation there. Tyler Boyd, I think it was he was hard done to, but there was there was an official got in the way and there was there was punches being thrown, so, so both were ejected. And then in the fourth quarter, there was the mass brawl on the, the sideline, which resulted in Devontae Park and Matt Collins and Williams being ejected as well. So there's seemingly more, more players ejected than left the game through injury this week, which uh, suspensions will be following for, for those players. So ones to watch out for from the fantasy perspective. But that was that was pretty much it, really. Quite a quiet mm-hmm. week in the front of uh, injuries, which obviously, as, as NFL fans, we, we love to see. So we will head straight into the fantasy performances and we will start as ever on a, well, I was going to say Monday then, but it's Tuesday with the MVP. So Rob, who was your fantasy MVP for week 13? I'd like to talk about one of my favourite players and a player that I am modelling a signed jersey in in a frame which you can't see at home, but uh, it's Corey Davis from the Tennessee Titans. A controversial uh, deal, I might say, as we obviously cult fans to have some merch from the enemy within the division, but Corey Davis is a player that I've always had a bit of a soft spot for, and it was nice to see him uh, turn out with a fantastic week this week. Uh, 11 receptions, 182 yards, and a touchdown uh, off 12 targets. Uh, pretty solid. Corey Davis has been one of those players this year that has just gone from strength to strength. Um, and I, I think that, I genuinely think that this has been a long time coming because we see it every year, don't we? We see the player that had so much promise coming into the NFL as a first-round draft pick, as a wide receiver. Doesn't quite happen for him in the first season, maybe not the second season. I'm thinking of the Devante Parkers that take oh, yeah. two, three or yeah. three years before they get cooking. Um, I think Corey Davis has just been a, a, a victim of that and it's taken him, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, two or three years now, um, to get sort of going. But he's finally got going with Ryan Tannehill, which is a good thing. So obviously, no, we know that Tannehill is going to be in Tennessee for a while. Uh, and it's, it's good to see this is his th- fourth over 100-yard game this season. Um, fourth touchdown on the year. But yeah, um, blew it away this week. So so super happy for Corey Davis and the trust and the, the, the times that I've kept him on dynasty teams where it could have quite easily hit the waiver wire. But I've sat there and sat there and finally being rewarded uh, for Corey Davis, former first round pick. So yeah, that is my MVP of the week, Corey Davis, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, absolutely love the guy there. And something that has been very underrated about Corey Davis this season is the fact that he's only had one game where he scored below 10 PPR fantasy points. And that was in week nine against the Bears, where he didn't score any fantasy points. But apart from that, he has posted double digits every single week. And he's only had the two games above the 20 points, but that doesn't matter. That is still a solid 10 points, at least, that you know you're going to get out of a player. And if he can start to have more performances like the one he did just against the the Cleveland Browns, then it's good things to come. And in an offense where they want to run the ball, and you, you obviously he's playing alongside AJ Brown. He he slips out yeah. of people's mind. You don't you don't think about Corey Davis straight away as being this, this decent fantasy asset. And yes, yeah. a little bit of a spoiler for the for the waivers later. He's he's still yeah. not owned enough in leagues. So go pick him up, yeah. add him to your lineups because he's such a great floor player. I was going to just say exactly the same thing. I was going to say, yeah, we might as well get the waiver wire out of the way now for Corey Davis because 54% owned in ESPN leagues is shocking. <laughs> this guy is the t- ranked the 23rd wide receiver on ESPN scoring. Why, why is he not on teams? That is that is a wide receiver too 
So how on earth he's he's still on forty six percent of of waiver wise is just baffling to me. Um, but yeah, get if he's available, snap him up and play him because he's got Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay um, over the next three <laughs> weeks. You know, like play him. He's going to be fantastic for you. And even if Alexander and Akuda are going to be playing in those ones, they're they're going to be on AJ Brown. That the game plan exactly. is going to be to, to stop AJ Brown. So, and this is I hark back to the beginning of the season, and we had this conversation because I did wax lyrical about a certain player that hasn't actually played this year much, Darrington Evans, and I said then that there's not many receiving options in Tennessee, and this is why I like Darrington Evans because he's a bit of a pass catching back out of App State. He's a good quality, talented running back unfortunately hasn't made the step up for some reason i think he's been injured a lot this year hasn't had the opportunity but with derrick henry not catching the ball much out of the backfield um and Corey day oh, sorry uh, aj brown being the, the one she one Corey Davis number two there's very limited options for Tannehill to throw to and it makes perfect sense that now Corey davis has stepped up and been an absolute beast this year and like i said wide receiver 23 um in the particular league that i'm looking in that's a wide receiver two Get him on your teams. 100%. Adil, anything to add to that before you head into your MVP for the week? So I covered this matchup on Friday's podcast and I said, don't sleep on Corey Davis. And what does he go and do? And I, I reiterated it on social media. Don't sleep on him. He's going to perform 90% of the time for you. So pick him up. As these guys are saying, go for it. He's going to do well. Indeed. So who is your MVP for week 13? So my MVP is the tight end standout performance of the season, Darren Waller. So he scored a massive 38.5 points in half point PPR this gone week. 13 receptions on 17 targets, 200 yards and two touchdowns. That is, uh, as I said before, the single best game performance by a tight end this season and I actually looked it up it is the eighth best half point PPR all time wow. he's in the top 10 he, he has pushed Rob Gronkowski to ninth it is the best performance since 2002 which was Shannon Sharp <laughs> nice nice and all of the other performances in the tops, um, top seven so above him are 1983, 1983, 1981, 1985, 96 and 02. When no one was playing fantasy because uh, we we, we didn't have the ability to do so. So, yeah, wow. So the performance was just absolutely astronomical. Incredible performance. Yes, it was against the Jets, but when you play that well, when you have put up those kind of numbers, you've just got to take it as okay, this is an incredible performance by a guy. Yes, it's against the bargain bucket team Jets, but he did incredibly well. Mm. Yeah. It, I was going to say, it's, it's good to see because I was starting to get a bit worried about Darren Moore. I don't know about anyone else. I, mean, I know he had a good week in week 10 against uh, uh, the Chiefs where he had 88 yards and a touchdown but before then like 27 yards 22 yards 37 yards 23 yards last week against the Falcons I was starting to get a bit worried about Waller so it's nice to see him come over with this massive performance and uh, like Diddy's just said there fantastic to see him almost breaking records we can sort of say modern day uh, fantasy records at least 
And if you look at the at PPR scoring, he has outscored the next highest scoring player by nearly 10 points, which was Corey Davis, as you've just mentioned, Rob. But that's yeah. outscoring the nearest quarterback, which was his own quarterback, by 12.3. Um, then Josh Allen with with 30.1 points. Like This was a monster performance from, from mm-hmm. Waller. And I think Derek Carr had a point to prove in this one as well, because a lot of people had um, really psyched him up the, the game before against the, the Falcons. He said he was going to have a big yeah. game and to, to play him. And a lot of people had egg on their faces when he had a terrible fantasy performance. But then he, he bounced back in, in true style this week. And there was a lot of people saying, no, I'm, I'm once bitten, twice shy. But there's a lot of people saying, yeah, roll him again. But um, he did reward people who, who rolled the dice with him. I certainly rolled him out in fantasy in um, DraftKings and I had the stack as well. Um, won some good money this weekend in DraftKings because I had Carr and Waller, so uh, all good. And yeah, the the last play as well. A nice chunk of points for, for Carr on that last play to, to Henry Ruggs. Which... <laughs> <laughs> what a finish, eh? Which was great for me, considering I had the Raiders in our Survivor League. <laughs> yeah, just for for the Jets to be like, oh dear, we've nearly won inadvertently. We'd better call cover zero in a Hail Mary situation is just quite something. Obviously, Greg Williams lost his job because of it. But yeah. I, I think the front office have said to, to, the, co- uh, said to the coaching staff, look, we, we've got to lose this game otherwise. And obviously, Greg Williams did... did get cut anyway but um Gase I think he would have he would have gone after this one if the well you can't sack him after a win but you know what I mean it's it's one of those where they can't genuinely call that play there's 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 no chance but it has cost Greg Williams his job and now um but then the Jets had a chance then the Jets had a chance to win it themselves (laughs) like um there was a situation where that they they, they then got the ball back and, and Sam Darnold threw the ball towards the end zone because that's right yeah yeah, you've got Sam Darnold. He is going to be out there to win games on that field. Um, obviously, he's playing for his job. He's playing so that the Jets win a game so that they they lose, miss out on Trevor Lawrence. So, and I always say this with coaching staff, they are going to put the players in the worst possible position to to lose games because you've got Henry Ruggs, who was the first round pick of the Raiders. He was the first wide receiver yep. drafted off the board this year in a in a draft class of wide receivers that we know has been very very good against an undrafted free agent rookie cornerback for the Jets <laughs> with no safety help whatsoever <laughs> after they've rushed seven. Just, it was, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And uh, let's just have a quick discussion. As you just mentioned, Sam Darnold, and you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, because we, we had this discussion on the college podcast all the time. And obviously we've just released our mock our first mock drafts a couple of weeks ago on the website. Go check it out, www.410yards.com. Um, do you think the Jets are going to move on from Donald? Or because slated to go in the top three is a, one of the best generational type tackles to come through uh, from Oregon, Penny Sewell. So he's sort of slated to go in the top three. He could go one overall. Do you think the Jets move on from Sam Donald with Trevor Lawrence is sitting there? Or do you think they try and give him some protection and stay with him? Uh, this is a copper answer, but I think it depends on who succeeds Gase, if it is a, a Darnold mm. believer or not, because we know Cliff Kingsbury yeah. went into Arizona and he's he'd always said, 
if I'm there at the first overall pick, I will take Kyle Murray. And obviously they, yeah. they drafted Josh Rosen top 10 the year before. And Kingsbury said, no, Kyle Murray is my guy. I am taking him no matter what. So uh, yeah, this is a very copper answer, but I think it all depends on who they get in um, because some people might believe in Donald and will want to come in and, and work on him. And like you say, if they can get the, the tackle in and they can start to build a line because he's, there are some yeah. pieces there. They've got Crowder. Um, maybe Mims can come out and, and and show what he can do. So yeah, they need a running back. They need a tackle. But um, I think Sam Donald has has potentially got a future in in New York. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that we won't see him in Green next season. What about you, Diddy? What do you think is going to happen in the Jets? I genuinely think they're going to go and take Trevor yeah. and disappear off the Donald choice that they made a few years back I think they're going to move on and it's unfortunate for him but I mean, that's it, the way the cookie crumbles it is interesting because like I said it, they, they, I mean they've got first two first round picks as well they've got the Seattle pick late on in the draft or well, maybe not so late on in the draft as things stand um, now they could like I said go all in on Sam Donald pick up two offensive lineman or pick up an offensive lineman and a wide receiver or give him some way of succeeding. And I think that's the way they're going to go. I really do. Cause I don't think, I don't think Sam Donald is that bad of a quarterback and he gets a load of crap off all the social medias. But here's the thing. When, when you're, when you're on a team like that, you're never going to succeed. You know, they don't give you any chances to succeed. And I feel sorry for him because I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. I mean, he's not the best, but I think it could be better. And I think that if they put a bit of trust in him and they, they build up that O-line and they, they give him some weapons, then it could be a different team there. But anyway, that's that's the tangent out of the way. Let's move on. <laughs> um, and I'm actually going to, while we're talking about this game so heavily, I'm going to uh, go a little bit out of order and I'm going to talk about my honourable mention here because nobody will have will have started him in their fantasy lineups, but I, I still want to discuss him from this point of view. And that is the guy who did take over from Frank Gore at the running back position. And the Jets, because they were competitive in this game for so long, managed to rush the ball 34 times, with 22 of those going to Ty Johnson. Now, Ty Johnson, we know he was released from Detroit earlier on in the year. And when he joined this, this Jets team, he joined a backfield of Frank Gore, who left with a concussion. Uh, P. Ryan, who is currently on IR, Balage, who is currently on the Chargers, Bell, who is currently on the Chiefs, and Josh Adams, who was active in this game and, and did mm-hmm. get eight carries as well. So Ty wow. Johnson was so far down on this pecking order that he was just never thought about. But it's just a, a case of being patient and, and waiting, and eventually he got his chance against the, the Raiders here. And in a favourable matchup, he carried the ball 22 times, 104 rushing yards, a touchdown, and he secured both of his targets for 13 receiving yards as well. So we actually finished as running back on the week in PPR leagues with with 19.7 PPR points and yeah I'm not saying to to, to rush out and pick him up because uh, P Ryan will be back soon we don't know how long Gore's going to be out and he's not exactly got a very favourable schedule to finish the season but yeah Ty Johnson classic example of somebody taking the opportunity when it's given to them and it's 2020 you might well have started Ty Johnson in one of your fantasy leagues and if you did then you were rubbing your hands together so yeah that's my honorable mention and we'll skirt back to my MVP after mm. Rob has done his honorable mention yeah um I did start <laughs> I did start Ty Johnson in the loser league oh um, no <laughs> uh, yeah 
Yeah, uh, I also I also start I started two or three players. I got over twenty five points this week, so oh, no. loser league was not so fruitful this week um, for me. But I'm still seeded number eight, so still number one. <laughs> in reverse no um my honorable mention comes in the way of david montgomery um polarizing running back a lot of players don't particularly like him for fantasy um i i tend to lean that i do because i think he's got such a great opportunity for chicago and this week he kind of yeah he lived up to the expectation of playing a poor Lions run defense. Um, a lot of people question it. Oh, was it, you know, the game before against Green Bay where he had 103 rushing yards? Was that just uh, sort of a one off? Um, is he going to repeat it this week? He should do. He's got a good matchup, but you can't really trust him. Well, he did 72 yards and, and two touchdowns. The touchdowns have been dry this year. They have, he's only before yesterday, before Sunday, he only had one rushing touchdown all season. Um, so that's why fantasy owners have been so frustrated with him. Um, but he's the kind of running back that, like I said, he's got a great opportunity and I think he's got the talent and it's frustrating to watch him. I mean, you get games where he goes 10 rushes for 27 yards or 14 rushes for 48 yards, no touchdowns. But then you'll get the games where he goes 103 yards and the games that he gets 72 yards and two touchdowns. And you've just got to, you have to pick and choose it when you're playing him, and it is tough sometimes. Um, but I felt this week I was very confident in David Montgomery. I started him in three or four different leagues. Um, thought I'd ride, ride that sort of hot hand that he showed against Green Bay the week before, and it came, it came through. And so fair play to him. He's my honourable mention. Um, and I think with Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville coming up, in the next three weeks, uh, three very favourable matchups. I think this is going to continue. I think he's going to end the note, end the season on a very high note, and I think fantasy owners are going to be pleased that they stuck with him. Yeah, and we did have a little disagreement about David Montgomery earlier in the season, Rob. Where I'm, yeah, just, I was unhappy about his, his two odd yards per carry in a, a lot of circumstances. But like you said, he was he was a rookie. It's his, it's his chance to step up now, and yeah, fair play to him. I'll. Uh, eat my words on this one with his performance there. Yeah. And it does happen. It happens every year. You get the, you get the players that struggled at the beginning of the year and they come through at the end. And this is a case of that. And it was, I could totally understand as a fantasy owner, if you dropped him or traded him away, fairly understandable. Like you said, 3.2 yards per carry, 2.7 yards per carry, 2.9, 3.05 in four games in a row. That's not good enough. Uh, with just one touchdown in that period of time as well. That's not, not good enough. That's not going to win you fantasy titles. But opportunity knocks, and here he is, end of the season, with some good matchups, and he's coming through. So if, if you did stick with him, you're being rewarded. If you did trade for him, which I wasn't really around for the for the trade podcast, because when when I was on paternity leave. But uh, yeah, he would have been a good trade for candidate for me because, like you know, you see this end of schedule, end of season schedule look very juicy for him. Um, so yeah, hopefully it does continue. Part of it has been due to how poor the Bears' offense has been in general. Foles yeah. has struggled, and then Trubisky has come in and given him a bit of a lease of a life. Just same with Alan Robinson, he gave him a lease of life. Um, they've been a little bit more efficient in their offense, and that has kind of bled into Montgomery's actual fantasy scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's the it's the time of year for, for running backs. If you're going to, to Soldier Field, it's cold, it's December. You can see there was there was snow at some points in this game as well. And that is going to be the, the time now where you get your running back out there because 
They don't want to tackle him. You don't want to, for the, after the, well, they run the ball 31 times, Chicago in the end. So the 31st time that someone is coming to, you don't want to tackle that running back because it is cold. It's horrible. It's, it's yeah. not good. So Adil, who is your honourable mention for the week? My honourable mention is Cole Beasley for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so um, last night uh, we had actually a, a good uh, Twitter conversation over um, Cole Beasley's uh, stat line. It was his we best did. stat line, his <laughs> best uh, performance in his career. So uh, off of eleven targets, he got nine receptions for one hundred and thirty yards and a touchdown. And we were quite surprised that his previous career high was 112 yards on two different occasions. Um, anytime a player puts a career day down, it's got to be an honourable mention. Okay, he wasn't like the top wide receiver in the league. So kudos to him. He played really well. Josh Allen yep. played incredibly well for, uh, for him to get those uh, receptions as well. But um, yeah, really well done, Cole Beasley. Yeah, I think recency bias kicks in here with Cole Beasley because he's he started to have these high reception totals and he, he started to, to get the 100-yard games here in Buffalo. But in his first six seasons when he was a Cowboy, he had one 100-yard game in his in his career in his first six seasons. So I'm glad that the Bills have found out how to use him and, and got him as such an integral part of this offense because he received the same amount of targets as Stefan Diggs in this one. And Stefan Diggs, who has just eclipsed a thousand receiving yards, uh, I think it was the third straight year that he's he's managed to do that now. But Stefan Diggs succeeded in this offense and, and Cole Beasley has as well. And obviously as a 49ers fan, it was difficult to, to see us lose because there was still the outside chance of us making the, the, the playoffs. But um, no, we'll, we'll credit to the Bills, they, they played well and, and Cole Beasley, like you say, Dilly, a, a career day for him and that's, yeah, serves an honourable mention. Anything to add, Rob, before we move on to my MVP? Um, no, not really. Um, yeah, Cole Beasley, just just looking, um, going forward, he's got Pittsburgh, Denver and New England, so it's going to be tough for him to um, replicate that going forward. But yeah, fantastic to see uh, a seasoned veteran like Beasley, who's been around the league for what seems like forever. Uh, good to see that he's, he had a, a good day, but unfortunately for you, as a 49ers fan, not too pleasing. Well, it's, it's it's one of the yeah, it's a bit sweet now. So it's either we go on, crack on, get to the playoffs, or lose out and get a, get a higher draft pick. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, you're in the indie spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been there for the last three or four years. <laughs> Although Rob, on that point about the schedule, the mm. kind of player that Cole Beasley is, the dinky yes. dunk kind of that could push towards his yeah. kind of play. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And especially in your half PPR and your PPR leagues, all he has to do is get a certain amount of receptions to to get your double-digit points. Like, we don't necessarily need to rely on a um, big yardage or a touchdown game if he can uh, at least hoard in the receptions, even if they're at the line of scrimmage, which uh, I suppose that the standard scoring truth is out there will argue is why we shouldn't have half PPR and PPR leagues, but we do. So we'll go around to my MVP and it is the QB one on the week. And it's not somebody that we would ever have thought. Well, yeah, I'll go out there and say it's not somebody would have ever thought would have had uh, the QB one status. And that is Baker Mayfield. So I actually did a live stream on Sunday in the lead up to the game with uh, the guys at P2W Fantasy. And they asked me what I wanted to see from this game. And everyone had billed it all week as the battle of the running backs. And it was going to be Derek Henry versus uh, Chubb and Hunt. 
And I said that I wanted to see Baker Mayfield go out there and, and throw the football. I wanted to, to see him um, spread it around his receivers because if the Browns are serious about getting to the postseason and making a run of it, which they're all but guaranteed now, um, the, the status for the uh, for the playoffs, then I wanted to see him. They, they can't be one-dimensional. They can't rely on the run game because defences at that level will will thrush, flush, flush him out and he will, he will need to pass and if, if he can't pass then he, he's, he's gonna have a very short January January season but no he, he went out there and he wow he balled like he had a reception he had rushes he threw a touchdown pass to a an offensive lineman he had fir- four first half uh, passing touchdowns and it, it got me on the, the the red zone when um Scott Hansen's like yeah he's um, that's the first time this season he's done that. It's like, well, yeah, it's the first time a lot of quarterbacks have, have done that because it's not, it's not common for, for quarterbacks to throw four touchdowns in the first half of the game. And yeah, the, the Cleveland Browns cooled off a little bit in the second half and um, the Titans pushed back and it was a little bit touch and go towards the end of the game. But 38 points in the first half was a franchise record for the, for the Cleveland Browns. And it is quite a few years since um, they they managed to have a, another quarterback throw for that many times in the first half. So yeah, Baker looked really good. Spread the football around, including an f- offensive lineman Kendall Lamb. So uh, really, really well done to him. And yeah, he wasn't the quarterback one. So adult there, correct to me. He was the quarterback three on the week with Derek Carr, as I've already mentioned earlier on in the podcast, the, as the quarterback one, and Josh Allen as the quarterback <laughs> two. But yeah. It's because I did my notes yesterday, but Derek Carr, uh, Derek Carr played yesterday. So, so yeah, I'll, right, I'll, Derek I'll, Carr played Sunday. Yeah, so um, no excuse for that either. <laughs> so he was still the quarterback too when I incorrectly did my notes yesterday. So regardless, a, a decent quarterback performance from yeah. Baker Mayfield there. But with the highs come the lows, and we need to mm. talk about the players who didn't do so well in Week 13. So Rob, who have you got? Okay, I promised you tonight I'd have a bit of a rant. So sit down, put your seatbelts on. We're going to go for a little ride here. I'm going to talk to you about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, I understand people. Yes, I understand he was probably injured yesterday, uh, Sunday, which is why he didn't play. I get that. He put up a goose egg if you didn't know. If you started in your team, unlucky. Here's the problem I have with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. In the preseason, and we all know because we've discussed this on the podcast before, I put up a message on Twitter about how Clyde Bazilaire was not a top 10 fantasy running back for the season. I got a lot of crap for that. Uh, I got a lot of stick for that. And I got a lot of arguing and I got a lot of people telling me I'm stupid and that he's definitely a top 10 running back because going to, to go to Kansas, he's going to go to a, uh, an Andy Reid offense. He's going to be the running back that they need, that they want, that everything is, everything's like, was trending in the white and I must admit when Damian Williams opted out for the season I did then slightly just change my opinion because actually he could get this role he hasn't delivered what everyone thought he was going to do and I hate to say I told you so but I told you so he's not a top 10 running back he's currently sitting as the running back 14 all right that's not the end of the world I get it but he's not a top 10 running back. And I put a message out on Twitter today and someone's responded to me today saying he is a top 10 running back. He is RB14. 
last time I checked, 14 was not in front of 10. <laughs> he is not a top 10 running back, people. He's top, and, he, and this is the thing that people don't understand. He's the running back 14. Saquon Barkley's been out for all season. Christian McCaffrey's been out for, what, seven weeks. Those two are guaranteed to be ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. So not only is he the RB14, this is on a season where there's a couple of running backs in front of him that are not playing. So take that with a little pinch of salt. He's, a, he's, he's not even a top 15 running back if you look at it like that. And here's the other thing that I've been looking at. You know, Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, has been poor this year. Would you agree? He's been poor this year, hasn't been fantastic. No, he's uh, certainly let a lot of people down, yeah. Here is the scrimmage yards for Jonathan Taylor this year. 880 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty poor. It's not, it's, it's not poor. It's, it's, it's average. It's not what we were expecting from Jonathan Taylor when he walked into Indianapolis. I wasn't, Dilly wasn't, was expecting him to be a thousand yard rusher and, and be great. He hasn't been great. He's been poor. Clyde edwards alaire 926 yards from scrimmage. That's what, 46 yards yeah. more than Jonathan Taylor and five touchdowns. So everyone's saying that Jonathan Taylor's had a poor, unproductive year, hasn't looked great, hasn't been the guy that we expected him to come out of college. Nor is Clyde edwards He's sitting there with 46 more yards than Jonathan Taylor, who Jonathan Taylor's missed a week through injury as well. So if you're going to say that Jonathan Taylor's had a poor, unproductive season... And so is Clyde edwards And I'm not having it. He's not a top 10 running back. He's not a top 10 running back in fantasy. He's not a top 10 running back next season in fantasy, I don't think. They had to go sign Le'Veon Bell. If Clyde edwards was that good, they wouldn't need to sign Le'Veon Bell. Come on, people. Stop excusing the guy. He's too small for the NFL. He's five foot seven, two hundred and seven pounds. He's never going to be. Hey, 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 hey! I think I'm five foot seven guys here. Oh yeah, I forgot you. I forgot you're a short ass, Dilly. Uh, yeah. No, he's. I don't think he's built for the NFL. I, I, I keep going back to the fact that I, I wrote the article in April about about the rookies coming into the league and and how Claude was there. He came. He came in fifth for me. He was behind Cam Akers for me just based on college production. I know he had a fantastic season last year for LSU. He did, but it was one year. He's a one-year wonder at college, and I don't think he's the future. I think we're going to see in two or three years' time, Kansas City are going to cut bait on him, and they're going to just get another running back in. Yeah, He's not and the answer. Akers, Swift, and Taylor. Uh, Swift, obviously, he's, he's been suffering mm. with concussion, but they've, they're all starting to get hot now. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor is starting to become the guy in, in Indianapolis. Akers is starting to finally emerge from that three-headed monster in LA to be that guy. Yeah. And, and Swift was before before he got injured as well. So these guys are starting to live up to that. And and Edward Talaire has obviously taken a, a little bit of a back step. But, but yeah, he's, he's... Go on. He's, he's, he's had the flu all week and Andy Reid has come out and said that yeah. he's lost weight. He's not practiced. But why make him active? Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not mind games. Like you you yeah. need that roster spot, and it wasn't this this game wasn't a blowout. They didn't they didn't win this game comfortably. Denver did push them, and if a team had been any slightly better than Denver, then then Kansas City would have been in, in danger to, to, to lose this one. So they they needed they would have needed Edward Alerta to go in and perform. So I, I don't understand why he was activated if he wasn't going to play. Yeah. But he's uh, had a very average year. He's had two fantastic run performances, week one, 138 yards, week six, 161 yards. Other than that, 
38 yards, 64, 64, 40, 46, 21, 14, 69, 37. That's not great. Come on, be realistic. He is not a top 10 running back. Yeah, so it is my bust for the week and a sneaky little honourable mention for MVP for Jonathan Taylor because I thought he had a really good week this week. So yeah, that wraps up my my bust. C-E-H, bust! <laughs> and Adil, who is your bust of the week? My bust of the week is Terry McLaurin. Two receptions off six targets for 14 yards. Now, he's been brilliant this season, but he was just... They couldn't get him in the game at all um, whatsoever. Um, Logan Thomas got loads of targets, loads of receptions. Um, their running game didn't really get that going after Antonio Gibson went down. It was just one of those tough matchups for the Steelers. The Steelers' defense is very, very good, and it was just the, the way things actually just fell for him. Mm. Well, they still eked out the win. It was, yeah, like you already mentioned, Logan Thomas had a decent game. Cam Sims had a decent game. But uh, Scary Terry wasn't so scary last night. Oh, I was just about to say that line. I was just literally about to say that. You stole <laughs> it. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah, but it did, did confuse me a little bit early on in the game where um, James Washington got his touchdown. I was like, what, Washington scored? But it's still, still Washington haven't got a goose egg. It's, yeah. All a bit confusing for me uh, on a, uh, on a late, <laughs> late late Monday night, but um, how good is Logan Thomas, by the way? Oh, and I've, I've been wanting to to rave about him, and it, I, f- I feel like it's too late now to say that I've liked him for quite a few weeks. Well, it is too late yeah. because he, he, he had his breakout game last night, but um, yeah, he was really good, and I I did I did mention him in an article. I can't remember which a couple of weeks ago. But um, obviously they're involving him in the run game, passing game, receiving game. So they, he's got a skill set that they, they want to try and utilise there. So um, definitely an interesting one. Another one who should definitely be rostered. Uh, yeah, I think it was the, the hype train. Yeah, it was the hype train. Logan Thomas, go pick Yeah, 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 yeah. It was somewhere like that, yeah. Yeah, Rob, but I, Rob. I, did, I did call this. Rob, just a note. Logan Thomas may be the reason why you don't get that 106 pick in our Dynasty League. Oh, yeah, I know. But the thing is, though, Diddy, I've got him in a, a two-tight-end league, which I needed to win this week. So He was very good for that. Yeah, it kind of balances the, out. you got to take the rough with the smooth, mate, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, indeed, with fantasy football. But scary Terry, yeah, not too good last night. So we head over to, to my bus game. Well, I say game because I've got two players from the same game. And first of all, we are going to go for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who finished as the wide receiver 109 and wow. actually managed to finish with negative fantasy points in PPR <laughs> games. And as a wide receiver, to finish with negative points in, in a PPR is, is quite something. Um, that's because he didn't catch the ball, so he didn't get any points for his receptions. And he had one carry for minus four yards. And there was only one wide receiver who finished with less fantasy points in PPR leagues. Do either of you want to hazard a guess as to who that was? AJ Green. Nope. <laughs> I've got the stat line right in front of me, so so. <laughs> Nasimba Webster. It was Nasimba Webster. Apparently, Ooh. apparently, is a wide receiver out in Los Angeles. Um, he lost a fun, <laughs> he lost a fumble, which is the only thing that he managed to do in that game, uh, and finished with minus two fantasy points. So, 
I assume it. I, I I don't know when he lost his fumble because he hasn't posted any other stats. Um, but yeah, Nasimba Webster. What was his name? Nasimba. Yeah, Nasimba, which is, is a his, cool, is, great. Is name. his father? Is his father's name? Is his father's name Numafasa? it's a cracking name. But um, yeah, he was the only player to finish. Well, the only wide receiver to finish with less points than MBS this week. And uh, Lazard, Lazard's come back into the lineup. Uh, he had four targets, three receptions, fifty yards off Abrod. Um, obviously, Bobby Tunyon is been fantastic of late and five targets four receptions 39 yards and a touch so mvs i think he's not rosterable anymore he's going to have the odd game where he gets a big bomb scores it for a touchdown he put up a load of fantasy points off the back of that one play but we cannot bank on that on a week-by-week basis and if lazard and tunyon are going to become the the second and third well you've got aj um aaron jones there as well in green bay who who Likes likes targets as well, so I think MBS is very quickly going to fall down the pecking order, and um, he is very soon. Well, he's 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 not he's not any longer fantasy relevant, which we always knew could be a possibility as soon as Lazard came back into the lineup. And from the same game on the opposite side of the ball, I am going to go for Miles Sanders. Mm. Now, Philadelphia, what on earth are you doing? You were oh, going up dude. against the team, Green Bay. All you have to do is do one thing against Green Bay at this time of year when it's cold and you've got not, not got any faith in your quarterback, and that is run the football. Miles Sanders, it's a tremendous running back. He The yards per carry that he had uh, before this game was, was ranked very highly in the league, and all you have to do is lean on him in this game to give Carson Wentz that little bit of a release from the pressure and things things are clearly piling up for Wentz and he, he got benched in this one and and Hertz has already been named as the starter going into going into next week's game for Philadelphia. But Miles Sanders is a top talent at the running back position and all he had to do was run him into the ground on this one. Yet you didn't you lost the game well you only just lost the game in, in fairness but Miles Sanders running back 44 he had 10 of the 16 running back carries in this one. Jordan Howard's come back into the fray. And that's just, it's just getting ugly there in Philadelphia now. So, yeah, Miles Sanders, big, big bust, just as he has been all season, really. As a dynasty yeah. owner of him, I'm, yeah, it's uh, it's not been the kind of level of performance that you really want to have out of such a, such a really talented player. Because we've seen that the talent's there. It's just the situation in Philly is not good from an offensive point of view. I don't know what you guys think, uh, how Jalen Hurts kind of will improve the situation, if anything, for him. Because I don't know how you saw his performance out there the other day. I, I must admit, I switched off after a, a while on that game because it, it Philadelphia, I think, are the hardest team to watch this year because the, uh, Carson Wentz is going to get killed behind the O-line. Like he's gonna get murdered at one. <laughs> like he's just getting. He's got like one second to throw, and then Jalen Hurts comes on and looks brilliant. So it must be. I, I defended Wentz because I don't. I don't think Wentz is a bad quarterback. That that play out the Super Bowl run, I thought he was great that season until he got injured. Um, he hasn't been the same since that injury. I must admit, but I did defend him. But then Jalen Hurts come on and looked fairly good. And I think. And hang on a minute. Is this a Carson Wentz problem? Is he holding on to the ball too long? Is he not like? getting his reads right yeah Miles Sanders is disappointed at the moment I mean like like we've all said here he got the talent we've seen the talent the passing game has it's sucked 
That's the only way to put it for Miles Sanders. I expected more in the passing game. Um, negative six yards, 10 yards, 15 yards, and seven yards in the last four weeks. 19 yards before that. New Orleans next. That's a tough, that's a tough front seven. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do with Miles Sanders. I don't think I can play him next week. I really don't. No, I can't. Um, so we'll just have a little caveat there. Um, the Philadelphia passing game would have been better if Deshaun Jackson was available. Just, I just have to get that in there for um, for, for, for reasons, <laughs> for family matters, <laughs> for, for, for family for, affairs, for um, to, to save the Twitter abuse. I have to just say Deshaun Jackson would have made that game better, and Carson Wentz would probably still have a job, and they'd be uh, ten and four ten and three ten and two yeah. however many games Philadelphia have played yeah. but uh, Dilly you wouldn't have heard that but basically um, uh, was it Jackson's nana or mum it was his mum his mum his mum like added David Davenport for calling his son out <laughs> even though even though even though it was it was just at the time that Des Bryant was um, talking about um, returning to the league and everyone was saying oh Des Bryant's washed he's too old and I made a point of saying <laughs> Um, these are the wide receivers playing in the NFL right now that are older than Des Bryant. So Deshaun Jackson, Antonio Brown. I can't remember, but there's a few others. And I was listing the, the wide receivers that are currently older than Des Bryant. And just out of nowhere, Deshaun Jackson's mum comes at me on Twitter saying, um, yeah, it's, you don't understand how much it takes to play in the NFL. The chances of them getting out of college and then having this longevity in the career. Deshaun Jackson's doing amazing. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm, backing you up i'm saying that he's still playing at this high level <laughs> at this age so she just yeah she just came at me at twitter for no apparent reason so now um, we have to be a, a deshaun jackson apologist podcast yes um <laughs> to, to to save that happening again but um but there we go and yeah. now i've just i've just slated the simba's dad so we're probably going to get some rubbish from that now no, no, Simba, not Simba. Oh, is it? Well, I've got it even, even worse. I've got it wrong even more. <laughs> okay, um, wave away a time. Adil, take us away. The guy um, who I'm going to say to pick up is Adrian Peterson. So when I looked, he's under 50% owned in most leagues this season. And you look at his last two weeks' performances. 17 plus points in half point PPR. That's going to do you pretty well. The Lions look like they've turned a corner from a point of view of they've fired the coach, so therefore the players seem like they've got some kind of sprucing up. And um, obviously, the Swift situation with the injury, you don't know that's going to murky the waters a little bit, but pick AP up. He's an incredible player when you look at his career. And you may be able to plug him in as a flex, depending on the, the matchups. Yeah, and we, we mentioned Swift before, just getting hot um, before he, he went out with the concussion. And someone's got to carry the ball there in uh, Detroit. So, uh, yeah, could be uh, Adrian Peterson time again. And like you said, the career he's had and just the, the longevity that he's got. And it kind of gets downplayed a little bit because Frank Gore is just a little bit older than him and Frank Gore's still going. So Frank Gore is the one that it seemed to be the one that is just plodding on and plodding on. But Adrian Peterson is not far behind him. And I think he, he missed out time earlier on in his career, which is going to stop him from getting as high a rushing yards career-wise as, as Frank Gore. But, but Adrian Peterson is still certainly going. So we'll have a look at my way for options. Uh, we've, we've already mentioned Ty Johnson. And I'm going to stress, don't rush out 
to, to go and get him. Don't spend all your fab budget on him. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure I'd, I'd invest any fab budget on him because you're going to get Gore back. You're going to get Piran back um, soon as well. And the, the Jets schedule is not good. So don't rush out and get Ty Johnson. But yeah, just put a zero, zero fab bid in for him or if you've got a low down pecking order, just in case it, it does work out for him there. Uh, Eugene Hilton as well. He yeah. finally had his breakout game. Um, we, we've talked about him all season being washed and, and all that kind of stuff, but Philip Rivers finally got connection with him. Um, he is owned as low as 56% in, in some leagues. I know it's just slightly over the, the 50% threshold that we'd like to work towards, but he finished the, the week as the wide receiver, 5, 25 PPR points. Like, really great week from TY, and if he can get that kind of involvement again. And the, the word vintage T.Y. Was, was used to describe him and his performance on, on Sunday. So he, he did look really good there. Kiki Kuti from the same game. Really happy about this one because it's the person that this time last week I was telling you to, to go out and get but due to the wide receiver situation in there in Houston. But he had a massive game. Nine targets, eight receptions, 141 yards, wide receiver six on the week. Big game for him there. And I, I can only see that moving forward because Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback and he did have a good game and he did push the uh, the, the Colts all the way. But without Will Fuller, he was always going to struggle on that one against a decent defense. So uh, Kiki Kuti will be a decent beneficiary for targets for the rest of the season. And finally, Cam Akers, 62% is the, is the lowest percentage that I could find for him. And that was in, in redraft leagues as well. But like we've already mentioned, he is becoming the guy there in Los Angeles. He carried the ball 21 times, which is bell cow numbers. And it was Daryl Henderson that had the, the highlight um, breakaway touchdown run, but he still didn't have that many carries in the game. And Akers also had 22 receiving yards on a reception as well. So Cam Akers is someone, just go check your leagues. And that's that's the thing with these players. Obviously, he's, he's well above the 50% that we usually work towards, but just go and check your leagues just in case he's still there because he will have a role to play for, between now and the end of the season. So, Rob... Uh, I think mm. I've uh, stolen Eugene away from you, but um, who else yes, have you got? Have. <laughs> yeah, you, you stole away Eugene. Um, yeah, Eugene, uh, Eugene Hilton has um, has scored nearly half of his allotted yards this season um, in the last two weeks and two touchdowns. So he is well and truly back and he's got the Raiders, Houston and finishing off with Pittsburgh. But the next two weeks should be fantastic for Eugene. So so I definitely get behind that. And Kiki QT was one that I was going to mention as well. So I'll go deeper. Let's go Logan Thomas. We've mentioned him already. 24.9% owned in the SPN league. So he's widely available if you're short at tight end. Tight end's a position which you could easily get away with starting someone like Logan Thomas. And he proved it yesterday. Very, very good um, tight end. who's having a very good end to the season. Uh, let's dig a little deeper here. Um, Tim Patrick, wide receiver from Denver, had sort of his, his trends this year has been one good, one bad week. Um, and he did have a good week this week, so it might trend that he has a bad week next week. Um, but he's one definitely to, to look at because he seems to be the guy um, who's getting the fantasy points out wide for Denver. Uh, he's 15.5% owned. Uh, going down the list, Brandon Ayuk still not owned in all the leagues. 63.6. He's back now and seems to have struck up a good rapport with with Debo on the other side after uh, the game against the Bills. Uh, he played quite well. Oh, there's one more. There's one more deep 
deep, 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 deep sleeper. You've heard me mention him before. Isaiah Coulter. Houston Texans wide receiver has been on IR all season. Um, he didn't suit up this week either, which was slightly worrying. But he, listen, Will Fuller is now out for the rest of the season um, with suspension. Randall Cobb is on IR with a toe injury. And there's no more Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson. There's no more um, um, DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he's gone, way gone at the beginning of the season. So there's Brandon Cooks who's got concussion issues. Isaiah Colter is the next man up after Kiki Kuti. Get it out eventually, Rob. Um, I think Stephen Mitchell was a guy that started this week ahead of Isaiah Colter, but don't worry. Isaiah Colter will just come off the IR this week. He's going to get in. He's going to get opportunities. Like I said, he's a deep, deep, deep sleeper. But if you've got a spare bench spot, it's worth sticking him on. Well, Chad Hansen's just had a yeah, th- bad game for uh, Texans. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, seven targets, five receptions, 101 yards. Yeah, why, don't worry about him. him. Don't worry about him. <laughs> I, just on his, uh, I just clicked on his Fantasy Pros um, profile. He's a good-looking guy, Chad Hansen. He's got a nice, strong name as well. Bit of a man crush there. But no, don't, don't worry about him. <laughs> Isaiah Coulter. Isaiah Coulter. He's going to get a chance. Electric wide receiver out of Rhode Island, a small college in Div 2. He lit up Div 2 last year. He was by far the best player in that league, and he is on the Houston Texans, and he will get a chance. I promise you he'll get a chance. And when he does get a chance, he will fly. Well, with the amount of deeps that you included in your deep sleep, I thought you were going to go for uh, Gunnar Gunnar Olszewski, or however you pronounce the uh, uh, the uh, Patriots. Well, he, he had two great kick returns and also the uh, receiving touchdown there from from Newton as well. Yeah, for him, but yeah, don't don't, don't pick him up. <laughs> no, no um, and yeah, I think that's just about. It's just about it for me, I think. Uh, J.D. McKissick is interesting because if... I, I haven't seen an update on Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't know if anyone else has. Uh, he obviously left the game and didn't come back I yesterday. Think, I think they were thinking along the lines of maybe turf toe, yeah. which is right. not a really good one at all. That's normally many weeks. No. So, J.D. McKissick has looked sneaky good this year and he's only 60.8% owned. So, I've just seen that flick up at the last mm-hmm. second here as I'm looking through my through my data. Um, so, yeah, he's one to keep an eye on, especially if Gibson's going to miss time. And he's a target hawk in PPR leagues. Yep. Wonderful. So, that concludes today's show. We've covered your busts, your MVPs, the waivers, injuries, everything in one place. So, Rob, where can we find you on Twitter, please? Uh, you can find me uh, at FFBritBaller. Um, that might change soon, by the way, so I'll let you know if it does. But for now, it's FFBritBaller. And um, go follow um, the stuff we do over at the college uh, side of things, which is uh, at Full10Yards CFB on Twitter. Yeah, you've got some big stuff happening over there at the moment. which Massive. You, yeah, mentioned with all of the scouting, etc., which is particularly important for you dynasty players out there because you need mm-hmm. to know who to pick up in your rookie drafts next yeah. year, especially if you've got as many first-round picks as Rob does next yeah, year. Yeah, I've got quite a few in one league. But, <laughs> is that, uh, is that yeah. why you're doing it, Rob? Just because you've got all Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I've got half an interest in fantasy, but what we're doing over there... In this off season, we're we're doing a massive scouting like binge, 
Um, and we've got some exciting stuff coming your way. It's not been announced yet, but so it's keep your eyes peeled kind of situation. But what we have started doing is a, an extra podcast every week, which is a scouting-based podcast, and we're going to go through every single position, and we're going to pick out our top five guys and top five sleepers from that position as well. Um, and, there's, and we're going to go for it every week. This week, we've just started. It'll come out on Thursday, so I think, after this podcast so if you listen to this look forward to tomorrow i believe where the scouting podcast is going to come out it's running backs this week um so it's well worth a listen especially for for those in dynasty leagues because i promise you you'll get a lot out of it indeed and it's not just the college that we cover and the fantasy so sean and the gang with the the nfl team uh, they do their, their live streams on a monday which was a great watch last night uh, we've also got lawrence with the retro and we've got brit ball when we have the brit ball season as well so head over to full10yards.com where you can find all of that in one place and finally adil where can we find you on twitter i can be found at Dillytoon, D-I-L-L-Y-T-O-O-N. And you'll see me uh, commenting on the majority of the late night games because my body clock is on Eastern time. So uh, I, I, for, since the start of the season, I have been uh, watching every single primetime game. And uh, at nice. the moment, that won't be changing. So uh, k- discuss with me how the games are going on there. And uh, uh, let's have some good conversations. Yeah, it's dangerous for me because I've been off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and you just find yourself, your body clock gets later and later and later. So I, <laughs> I stayed up for the, the Sunday night game. Obviously, it was the 49ers last night, so I, I stayed up for that until until the very end. So I uh, didn't get up to lunchtime today. So uh, yeah, getting off of work in the morning is going to be oh, hell. <laughs> I am so jealous of you two. I have two children under the age of two. I, if, I, I, cannot, I go home from work and I sleep. Like I'm awake now and I'm going to go to sleep afterwards. (laughs) I envy you that can stay up and watch TV. Yeah, but I I would want to go to sleep now, but I I won't be able to because I'm wide awake because it's the middle of the day for me. Like you say, I don't know. If we're on this Eastern time, it's it's middle of the day. Like it's a really, really difficult one. But um, that's why we love this sport, don't we? We We wouldn't change it for the world. Definitely. So I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Like I've said, make sure you check out our website because everything that you need is all in one place. Thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you on Friday. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.